Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's hour uh, number two of Oilers Now. 105 at Edmonton again. Provincial Election Day in the province of Alberta. This is a big day. Real big day. Get out there and vote. Not going to tell you who to vote for. Don't tell me who to vote for. Get out there and vote. All right, 106 at Edmonton. Yes, indeed. Uh, This show is going to get a lot more fun because we're going to talk about a real good news story. A reminder that uh, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. And now Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Off to our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We are pleased to be joined by a man who knows the New York Islanders like nobody else's business. Uh, from now with The Athletic, for years a writer for uh, Newsday, Arthur Staple, who has been on our show several times over the last uh, 10 years. Arthur, welcome back to Oilers Now. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How you doing? Good. Did you see this coming, up 3 nothing against the Penguins? Not really. Not really. I figured that um, they could give the Penguins fits with just the style that they've played all year. But uh, but to think that the Islanders' top six, which is not exactly filled with high-end talent, would be out playing the Penguins' top six to this point, in addition to the Islanders playing really stingy defense and their goaltending standing, uh, standing up strong as it did all year, it's... Uh, it's hard to imagine, just as it was hard to imagine them finishing the year with 103 points when the season began. So, uh, going back to uh, last year's draft, uh, Barry Trotz is represented, as you know, by Gil Scott. And I was out for dinner with Gil as he was consummating that deal. <laughs> and in my wildest dreams, because let's just say part of representing coaches is selling coaches to other organizations as well to drive a market. In my wildest dreams, I did not envision the Islanders going from the worst defensive team in the NHL to the best this season. Because for me, 
it starts there when I watch that team play. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, everybody and certainly Barry has said it, Lou Lamarillo has said it, that defense doesn't take skill, it takes will, and uh, even at that, you wouldn't have imagined that uh, a group that's essentially the same group, obviously John Tavares is not here, uh, guys like Val Filpula and Leo Komarov are here, their D is essentially the same, uh, Robin Leonard is there, but Thomas Grace is still here, and he had a pretty terrible season last year. This is um, This is 90% of the same group of guys that gave up the most goals in the last decade a year ago so you certainly would have expected it without a major overhaul but apparently what they needed was was barry trotz and lane lambert and mitch corn and piero greco to uh to put a good plan into place and get the goalies on the right track and uh it's been uh it's been pretty much since you know since the end of october they've they've been lights out defensively and it's not just the guys on the blue line of the goalie it's everybody and so you can certainly see it in the way they're playing this series is there something that corn does as a goalie coach do you think that you know like there's some goaltenders uh, coaches there's a guy out of uh uh the bc interior uh who's got a, a company called uh, or sports okay and he, his whole deal is all the name will come to me in a second here. I apologize for forgetting it. But Dustin Schwartz, the Oilers goaltender coach, is from that stream. Uh, and it's all about head placement and tracking the puck and minimizing movements in between the pipes. Uh, but Corn has been successful where, with goaltenders wherever he's gone, Nashville, Washington, now with the Islanders. Is there something prototypical that he sort of does? You know, I think uh, in t- I did a story on him early in the year. We don't really get to talk to the assistants here, so it's it's not really through him. But but I think uh, in talking to guys who have played for him over the years, it's uh, it's really a combination of those technical aspects that he accentuates, and I think a lot of positive reinforcement. He's a very upbeat guy. He he seems to much the way that Barry Trotz does seems to be able to connect with players uh, in a way that a lot of other coaches can't. And, uh, and you know, guys going all the way back to Dominic Hasek with Korn back in Buffalo, they really swear by him, even though Hasek was pretty unorthodox. And Robin Leonard came into the Islanders as a pretty unorthodox goalie, and, and he has become, a, you know, a very steady, silent guy in net, which he never really was, and that's made a big difference. By the way, Lyle Mast, who uh, is from these parts, is with ORS Parts. He's working with Bob Torrey and Kelly Buckberger now. Buckberger, the former Islanders assistant coach uh, with the Tri-City Americans as well. Uh, we are joined right now by Arthur Staple. Arthur, speaking of Edmonton, um, they have played a part in this revival for the Islanders, haven't they? They sure have, and it's not just the uh, the Jordan Everly situation. You know, Matthew Barzal, Anthony Beauvillier are Islanders thanks to that. Edmonton's largest from the draft a few years ago, so we won't we won't belabor that point too much. I'm oh, sure don't worry, we belabor in our situation in our situation <laughs> right now. We belabor it pretty much every day, so uh, you know we have to take it on. That's all there is to it. Uh, let's start with Everly because he he you know sometimes guys need to go through a, a playoff experience to know what the elevation is, and you know. It, I know when, as we were flicking back and forth between the Islanders game, Arthur, and, and the, the Masters on Sunday, Jordan Everly at that time was leading the NHL in playoff scoring. I mean, it's been a terrific story through the first three games for him. Yeah, and he certainly had a hard time adjusting to Barry Trotz. You know, he came in last year and obviously clicked right away with Matthew Barzal and ended up with a very strong first season, but again, no playoffs. And, and I think people may be started to wonder about Jordan Everly was he was he a guy who could be a difference maker on a good team, 
given that the Oilers went without playoffs for a long time while he was there, and then when he did finally get there, it wasn't a very impactful one. And I'm sure that was front and center in his mind this year. He's going into uh, a contract summer and, uh, you know, headed into the home stretch with only 14 goals. And, uh, you know, I think I can't imagine that it, you can keep that stuff at bay um, when you're thinking about what the future holds. So uh, they put him, Barry Trotz put him together with Barzal for the last eight games of the regular season, five goals. He's really carried it, and you know I think scoring the goal in that first shift of the playoffs uh, really broke through something for him, and and I think maybe he's learned a little bit about himself too that he can be uh, a little bit more than a one-dimensional player, uh, just a guy who can who can produce at one end. You know he's been essentially the top line right wing all season long. It was with Brock Nelson and Anders Lee for most of the year, and they were very good defensively. They're you know on the right side of all the analytic numbers in terms of shots given up uh, and and chances created. Uh, and then he gets back with Barzal, and, and maybe the offensive creativity has come back. So, you know, maybe you're looking at a guy who's heading into free agency without the big numbers that he used to have, but as a more complete player, which is probably going to make his career a bit longer. Well, he's got a lot of fans in Edmonton still cheering for him. There's no question. Arthur Staple joining us from The Athletic out of New York City. We're talking about the New York Islanders. Uh, I'm led to believe the Islanders did not actually conduct an interview with Griffin Reinhardt. Do you know whether or not they interviewed Matt Barzell? They sure didn't. They did not, and he was. That was one. Of, they were one of the few that did. I think. Right. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with uh, how badly uh, the Islanders scouts wanted him to be part of the team. And certainly, once they saw the three picks that the Bruins made go off the board, that deal turned in. You know, got into overdrive, and uh, there was unbridled excitement, is the way I would describe yes. uh, how, the feeling in that in that suite with among their scouts when. Uh, that first round was over uh, at getting Barzell, and the fact that he'd fallen that far was pretty amazing for them. And you and me, of course, exchanged texts about 40 minutes before the deal went down, so we knew something was potentially in place there. Uh, how has it been different this year for Barzell not having John Tavares there? You know, I think it was always going to be, uh, the second year was always going to be a little more difficult because obviously everybody had, had a full year of seeing what he could do last season with the, uh, the easy Calder Trophy win. Um, 85 points, a, a spectacular year by any measure. Um, and not just with Barry Trotz coming in, but being the guy when Tavares leaves means you're going to get a lot more attention on the ice. You're probably not going to get a lot of calls because you're not really a, a veteran as of yet. And I think all of this, he's kind of gone through all those stages and, and a lot of conversations and a lot of video watching with, with Trotz. And, uh, you know, I think Barry's kind of likened it to the, the process he went through with Evgeny Kuznetsov in Washington, a guy who's super talented, uh, but didn't necessarily play the way that, that Barry felt was going to be successful for the whole team. And uh, it's taken a little while to incorporate the uh, the non-puck possession part of the game for, for Barzell, but I think you can see in this series again, you know, obviously the, the, the connection is there with Everly, but on the other side of the puck, he's, he's playing very well. He's in the right position in the D zone, and he's still not really sacrificing a lot of that offense and that ability to, to back players off with when he's got the puck on his stick and certainly saw that in the overtime winner in game one so um you know it's certainly coming together and this is a guy who's going to be the star of this team for a long long time so it's uh, it's good that it happened this quickly so I, I think most people arthur would say it's a bigger surprise that columbus is up three nothing over tampa than the islanders are up three nothing given the fact that the islanders actually have home ice advantage against pittsburgh but there is one similarity to both matchups to me the more physical team the team that's prepared to get nastier, the, they're up. Like, the Islanders can go down that path, right? You look at that fourth line. Sezikis had a wonderful year this year. 
Uh, he is a hard-nosed SOB as a fourth-line center. Their third line, like, they are difficult to play against, aren't they, the Islanders? Yeah, and, you know, I was talking to, to Valtteri Filippola about that, and, and the, he kind of hit it on the head for me the other day where he said, they haven't had to change a whole lot. This is a team that's played this style the whole year. It's hard to keep that grinding level up the whole year, and they dipped a bit in February and March, but but they have been a team that's that's had a work ethic going on that physical side for the entire season, and, and I think you know Pittsburgh obviously has the incredibly skilled guys, but but it's not a physical group of forwards. They're not they're not forcing the Islanders' defense to turn back and get hit all the time and really take a lot of punishment. And the exact opposite has been true. You know, I think you see that Zizekas line has had the puck a lot in the offensive zone because they're separating the Penguins' defensemen from it. From it. Um, the Philpola, Leo Komarov, Anthony Beauvillier line. I mean, Anthony Beauvillier is certainly not a guy you think of as being physical. He was looked like he was shot out of a cannon all over the ice uh, in Game Three. Tom Kunakal has added a little bit of that. A, a former Penguin who barely played half the games this year and was a healthy scratch the rest of them. It's it's definitely been a buy-in from everybody on the team, and it's been a, a long process. It's not something that they just turned it on in the playoff time. So I think that's helped them, uh, you know, look like the way that they've looked during the regular season so far in these three games. So they're back at the old Nassau County Coliseum, which uh, most broadcasters would tell you, Arthur, is the best broadcast location left in the NHL. The problem for Jack and me is uh, we did the last game of the regular season that was in the Barclays Center this year. Uh, can you maybe speak an educator, uh, speak to an educator listeners just on, on what the experience has been like in the building? You had Tavares come in there with the Islanders, and then obviously the game gets put. It is loud, and they are back on board there, aren't they? They sure are. You know, it's it's one of those old style buildings with a low ceiling. Um, you know, it, and there's no there's not a, there's not really a bad seat in the place. There's not many of them, but there's not a bad seat. Nothing out of the way. Nothing where you can't see the entire ice. And, and certainly from our working perspective, it's the, it, like you said, it is the best press box in the league. It, you feel like you're you're kind of out over the ice in a very low angle. So it's uh, it's great to see everything and feel like you're kind of in the middle of it all. But but the noise factor, yeah, on February 28th, it was it was through the roof for a regular season game when Tavares came back. That was a lot of a lot of venting, a lot of uh, kind of a cathartic experience for the Islander fans who were upset with the way the whole thing went down the previous summer. But the playoffs is a different story. And, you know, Barry Trotz was the coach on the other side for the last, the previous playoff series before this one in 2015 when Washington beat the Islanders in seven games. And uh, that place, the roof blew off a couple of times. Tavares had an OT winner in that series, and they won the last game there in game six. Um, but it was nothing like it was this time around. And I think talking to a lot of fans this year, they're certainly happy that the that there's games back at the Coliseum and back on Long Island where, the, where they feel like the team belongs. Um, but really for them, you know, I think a lot of the season is just gravy right now. There's, there's, there's more enjoyment from this fan base, I think, than they've had in a long, long time. No stressing, thinking about what's to come or whether they're good enough or whether they have the right management. I think they feel like the team, in just a year's time of turning it around, uh, has the right GM, the right, certainly the right coach, and a lot of the right guys to, to try to carry this team forward for a, a decent playoff run. And they've lost their best player. That's that's to me. <laughs> and they lost their best player. Right. That's what's remarkable about it, really. When you think like we're sitting here, and obviously, you know, I'm not going to BS you on the air here, Arthur. There is a uh, there are a lot of questions around the Edmonton Oilers on a daily basis that we deal with on a show called Oilers Now. There you are in Long Island with the Islanders, and they, they, they lost John Tavares, their franchise player, and they're better. 
It's a remarkable story. It is. It, it, and, uh, you know, if there's anything that's positive for Oilers fans, it shows if you make the right choices uh, for who to, you know, to pick to, who to lead the team, things can change in a hurry in this league. Uh, that's what the parody of the, the NHL has done, is that if you, if you put the right people in charge, players that you think are washed up or over the hill are unable to, to, to hear the right message and put it into practice on the ice can actually do it. So maybe that's the, the positive takeaway for your listeners there. Well, I, I just look at, you know, you guys are you're bringing in Komarov, like you know what I mean. Like even some, like I was one of those guys, right? Like who's going to score for them? And and, and Robin Lehner, I mean, and, and and maybe and not everybody knows the story, but he's gone through quite a uh, uh, personal catharsis, hasn't he? He has, he has. You know, from the first day of training camp when he uh, he put that piece together for us at the Athletic, uh, you know, that really showed he'd gone to some very some very deep dark places in the previous year and. Finally got uh, his substance abuse issues under control and got a, a correct mental health diagnosis. And um, yeah, his story is is beyond belief. I mean, I think he's going to be the easy winner of the Master Trophy uh, this year. But but beyond that, you know, just the fact that he can show up to work every day and his kids are happy and his wife is happy and he's a happy guy and he's in the locker room where they they embraced him from day one and you know he's a he's still a pretty pretty unique character and speaks his mind a lot he hasn't that part of him hasn't uh, hasn't left but uh but the the skill he's putting out on the ice and the confidence he puts that in that uh this is something the Islanders haven't seen in goal for a long long time you know since since the heyday of, of billy smith back in the 80s so um you know he's still not signed for next year and there's always talk that that lou might be interested in sergey bobrovsky but to my mind this is a guy who could get for four or five years at a reasonable number you probably want to do that. He's still only 27, which is pretty amazing. He's just really entering the prime of his goalie career. So uh, it, it's been a remarkable turnaround for him personally and for the team, obviously. All right. Uh, just to wrap up, and we, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we all respect Pittsburgh, <laughs> but I don't see Pittsburgh winning four straight against the Islanders with the way they can defend. Is there a matchup that's better for New York in the next round? You know, I think Carolina, you know, is Carolina might be looking at it, that if they can get past Washington, and it's uh, it's kind of gravy for them too. The excitement and, and youthful energy that they've got certainly not easy by any means. But I think with Washington, the, the big difference between them and Pittsburgh clearly is how physical their forwards are, right? And that's going to be a big that would be a big adjustment for the Islanders' defense. You know, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock have done a fantastic job shutting down Sidney Crosby, Nick Letty, and Johnny Boychuk have done a decent job on Kenny Malkin. They're going to get bounced around quite a bit by the Caps forwards and. I think that changes things when it comes to forechecking and breakouts and all that other stuff. So uh, that would be more of a, a, a big body matchup. And I don't know if the Islanders have enough skill to match the Caps' skill and physicality, but uh, they've certainly proven me wrong pretty much every step of the way so far this season. So I'm not going to make any predictions about that right now. Well, the theater of Barry Trotz facing his former team as well, that'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? It would. And, uh, you know, he uh, when, when they gave Barry Trotz his ring, in Brooklyn, when the Caps came in for the first time, he, he did something, again, I've never seen before, which is give a speech to the opposing team that he doesn't coach. And I believe the uh, the exact quote was, uh, I hope you're going to have to go through the bleeping island to repeat. So it would be pretty funny that if, uh, if that were actually the case. And I'm sure uh, he'd be pretty prompt to try to match which with his old assistant, Todd Reardon, and come out on top. Well, the best guys are devoid of ego. And uh, he and... Bruce Boudreaux, who were represented by Gil. They don't have big egos, so uh, it's interesting stuff. Hey, th- great stuff. Thanks a lot, Arthur. And uh, can we reach out if uh, if the Islanders advance here down the road? 
You know I'll be here. All right. Thanks a lot, Arthur. Take care. Thanks, Bob. Anytime. You bet. From The Athletic, and this guy has been all over that Islanders beat uh, for a decade plus now, Arthur Staple. He knows it. 124 in Edmonton. We'll take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's exactly 127 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Uh, had Mark Spector on the show today. Again, Stoffer and Spector every Tuesday in Oilers Now for Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing out at Century Mile begins April the 28th for the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry in the province of Alberta. And uh, we will tell you, that some guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. Reed Wilkins coming up tonight at uh, 6 o'clock in our next half-hour block. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines. 780-496-0063. Dave, you're cheering for the ex-Oilers that are playing, right? Like, you got no problem with, I want to see Cogliano do well with Dallas, and I, I obviously, Jordan Everly, for me, it's a, it's a great story. Yeah, I mean... Two years ago, we had to be truthful. Jordan Eberle wasn't very good. First play, you know who else wasn't very good in that playoff series? Milan Lucic wasn't no, very good. There's uh, several uh, players. Again, the Edmonton Oilers lost three one-goal games to Anaheim, two in overtime. Mm-hmm. Their second line of Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, and Lucic have to get pulled apart after Game Four. Yeah, because they not scored an even-strength goal in that series. I'll give I'll give you an example, but they never did, and yeah. nor did Pouliot, who yeah, got right. fought out. And I'll give you quickly an example of an ex-Oiler that I was really happy for. Jason Arnett. Yeah. When he scored the winning goal for New Jersey in the 2000 Stanley Cup playoffs, or Stanley Cup final against Dallas in Game 6, I was happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. Because I thought he was treated unfairly here. Yeah, he went through a tough time. Uh, Now, part of it was his own doing, but but he's young. I don't think fans were that hard on Jordan Everett. They were were hard on uh, Jeff Petrie. They were hard on Tom Pody. To me, they weren't that hard on Jordan Everly. No. And there were a lot of fans upset by the trade when it happened. My point with Strom is Shirelli should have been more patient. I mean, he also, 14 of the 18 games, I, I took a look at this, uh, 14 of the 18 games that Strom played this year, he played in a line with Milan Lucic. And Lucic has had success really with just one center. That's Nugent Hopkins. He's been okay in the regular season with Nugent Hopkins since his uh, tenure with the Oilers over the last three years. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.